Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 150, Book Specs for Your Self-Published Book, coming to you on Thursday, July 11th, 2019. I wish I could say that I wasn't so excited, but I am. One more day till vacation. I've never had a job with a paid summer vacation before. You know, a paid holiday here and there, sometimes a little bit of time at Christmas with pay, but I have three weeks summer vacation and I just feel like I'm a kid. (laughs) I feel like I have senioritis and I just can't wait for summer to start. Of course, you know, it's July. Summer has started (laughs) in the Northern Hemisphere anyway. But I'm super duper duper excited. And one of the things that I'm super excited about is that with a couple of weeks off, what I can do is dabble in some writing things again and start getting myself ready for when I am done with this particular contract and back to writing full time. So really, really, really excited to feel the effects of burnout uh, hopefully really, really faded <laughs> and um, and feel excited and happy about writing again, which is just such a blessing. I'm so excited. So I've got a little bit of my own writing, plus I'm helping two different clients uh, work on getting their books out before the end of the year. Uh, one of them probably by the end of the summer and the other one before Christmas. So I'm excited to help more books get into the world. And who knows? One of these books could change somebody's life, change them uh, in what they're doing and what they're thinking and what they're feeling, or just make them feel like, ah, life is good. I had like a little vacation in a book. (laughs) I'm actually reading Stephen King's Dead Zone right now. Shockingly, it's one of the books of his that I haven't read when I was in high school or college or whatever. And uh, so, you know, I saw the movie and I like that a lot, but um I was listening to his audiobook on writing, and he was talking a little bit about Dead Zone, and I'm like, you know what? I've never read it, so I should read it. So that's one of the books that I will finish during my summer vacation, and then I've got another Dresden Files book that's just been waiting for me to be able to sit down on the couch or lay in my hammock and read for hours and hours and hours, so I'm very excited about that. And also, I have an 810-page book that's part three of a series that I started when I lived in New Zealand, Um, and it's one of those books that you just can't read a page or two at a time at night before you go to sleep, because you just cannot keep track of everything that's going on. A lot is happening. Um, So this is the third book in the... um, Oh, Robin Hobb, Assassin's Apprentice is the first book in this series. I can't remember the name of the series, but anyway, you can look it up if you want. It's really good, but like in the first 100 pages that I read, man, over a year ago, I was like, okay, I cannot do this three or four or 10 pages at a time. I need to really focus. So that is uh, one of my other, I hope to read it in a hammock during, (laughs) I almost said Christmas, during summer vacation. So that's what I'm doing as well as hanging out with friends and seeing people I haven't seen for a long time and going places I haven't been and yay. So anyway, um, in addition to having fun, I'm um, helping people get some book stuff ready. And one of the things that I use is a book specifications worksheet. 
So I created this several years ago. I can't remember when I started. I wonder if there is a um, copyright. Oh, 2015. <laughs> I made this in 2015 so that I could uh, help my clients to know all the gazillion pieces of information that I needed in order to help them publish their book. There are so many little tiny details if you're going to self-publish and actually do all of the uploading and everything yourself. And even if you're not going to personally do it yourself, whoever is going to do it is going to need all of these trillion little details. So I thought it was just easier if I created a sheet and then people could write on it and tell me everything and then I wouldn't have to send them 14 emails. <laughs> so what I thought I'd do is go through, um, I'm probably going to go through about half altogether of the of all of the items that are on the sheet. Um, some of it is slightly outdated if you are, uh, if you are one of the wonderful lucky people who have access to a Mac and can use the program called Vellum, V-E-L-L-U-M. And I think the pubs, the website is vellum.pub, P-U-B, as in the first part of the word publishing. Um, if you can use that, then there's a whole bunch of uh, line items on my worksheet that aren't really necessary because Vellum will do a whole bunch of things automatically for you. But I created this when I was uh, creating books simply in Adobe InDesign, which is a great, great, great way to create a book. And I really quite love the way that they turn out. Um, but for a lot of books, it isn't really necessary to go to all that work um, because if the formatting is pretty basic, then Vellum does a beautiful, beautiful job. So look into Vellum if you haven't. But in the meantime, if you are... Um, going to actually do all of the putting together of the book yourself or if you're going to send it to someone else this is some of the information that you need to have available for when you uh, set up the book in the various websites where you'll be selling it you know like Amazon or Kobo or iBooks or whatever and um, the information that other people will need if you have somebody else do it instead. So let's just look starting at the top of the worksheet. Also, just so that you know, I will have a copy of this that you can download as a PDF um, as a um, attachment. I haven't done this before, but it should work out if I make it as, um, as a downloadable attachment that you can get directly from the website. So if you go to podcast.rightnowworkshop.com, and then go to episodes and find episode 150, then uh, hopefully everything will have worked out and I can just go ahead and add the PDF right there so you can download it yourself. Okay, so from the top, some of the things that we need to know are the exact title of the book, including proper uh, capitalization and punctuation. So for instance, uh, one of my clients is doing a nonfiction book that has a subtitle. So the entire title would be title, colon, subtitle. And depending on which website you're uploading to, um, that will either be in two separate boxes, the title box and then the subtitle box, or it's possible that in some places that will all come together with just that colon and a space in between. Uh, if it's part of a series, you'll need to know the exact series name. Again, correct uh, capitalization and punctuation. Um, whoever uploads it, you or whoever else, you need to choose what your pricing is going to be and whether or not it's going to be an ebook, print book, or both. In which case, if it's going to be both, you need to know what your ebook pricing is going to be and what your print book pricing is going to be. Which sites are you going to upload to? If you use Amazon, and if you use only Amazon, are you going to enroll your book in KDP Select? Um, 
just because you may choose at the beginning to load your book only onto Amazon, have it available for sale only on all the worldwide Amazon sites, doesn't mean that you have to choose KDP Select. So you don't have to um, make your book available into the Kindle Unlimited program. But if you do want to take advantage of some of the uh, pricing advantages <laughs> that come with being part of KDP Select, it will automatically be part of Kindle Unlimited. Um, and we can talk more about that sort of thing later. Um, I actually think that we might have already done a podcast that explained a little bit about KDP Select and Kindle Unlimited. Okay. Um, are you going to have the book up for pre-order at any point? Um, pre-order can be a way to um, generate more interest and excitement in sales. Um, it can be a way to get a one-day head start if um, you're using a site where all of the pre-orders count as sales on day one. That can help you um, to get the uh, book to go um, further up on the sales chart on the first day or the first week. Uh, other sites that won't help. Um, there are pros and cons to doing uh, pre-sale and that's another topic altogether also. But um, you'll have to decide, you know, yes or no that you want to do a pre-sale. Um, sorry, pre-order. Practically the same, but anyway, it's called a pre-order. Also, depending on um, who all is involved in helping you create your book. Um, do you have an external editor who has not yet finished doing all of the editing, including proofreading and, you know, final, 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 final edits? Um, I have a spot here. Uh, who is it? When are they um, going to get back to you with the final work? When do you need to get back to them if necessary um, to get them a, another final draft? Um, how much do you owe them? When? So there's uh, a line there to write down all that sort of information. Additionally, in a similar way, um, formatter. Are you going to do all the formatting yourself? Are you going to use vellum? Are you going to hire somebody? If so, if so who? Uh, when do they need the file? How much is it going to cost? When do you have to pay them? It's just a good place to be able to keep track of everything in one spot. <laughs> Um, similarly with the cover and the cover designer, um, one of my clients is going to go ahead and use Amazon cover creator and create his own cover for the first round. He will probably, most people do re end up replacing their cover at least one time. Uh, one of my books I think has had three or four covers before I finally found one that was a good cover. Um, so again, just keeping track of um, who's doing it and when they need the information and when they're going to um, have the cover back to you, that sort of thing. Uh, skipping down a little bit more, categories and keywords. Again, these are um, ways that you are helping the potential reader find your book when they're searching. So uh, categories are what is called the BISAC code, B-I-S-A-C. And um, gosh, I at one point had it memorized what BISEC stands for. But anyway, it's a book indexing service that'll be like fiction-romance-general or something like that. If you look on the back cover of just about any traditionally published book and you look above the barcode, there's usually something that says, you know, nonfiction-reference or fiction-civil war dash something or whatever. Um, so there are a ton of choices and depending on where all you are uploading your book, you can choose one or two choices to have your book um, listed under. Um, 
Kindle uh, allows you for the eBooks that are sold on Amazon to have two choices. And then also keywords. Again, this is more of what would people probably be searching for and you would want your book to come up. A keyword doesn't have to be a single word. It can be um, a series of words or a phrase. So for instance, romantic comedy is one keyword. Um, supernatural suspense is one keyword. Um, I'm trying to think of something with more words in it than that. But anyway, so the only thing that they don't allow is if you say uh, romantic comedy, supernatural suspense with mystery elements and like try to get like 17 keywords into one phrase. At some point, it'll get kept, kicked back and they won't allow something that actually has a whole bunch of keywords to be one keyword. Um, and again, depending on where you're uploading, it's anywhere from seven to 10 keywords. And, uh, and, and again, I think I said um, one or two categories, depending on where you're uploading. So you'll need to make all those choices. Um, the print size, what if you're going to print, what size is your finished book going to be? Uh, six by nine is usually the largest of the um, trade size books. So trade size paperback or trade size nonfiction. And it goes down to as low as five by eight generally. So I think within that range, you have five by eight, five and a quarter by eight, I think it is, five and a half by eight and a half. There might be one more and then six by nine. And then if you're doing a work workbook, then it might be um, nine by 12, eight and a half by 11, something like that. There might be like an A4 size for um, countries that use that use A4, A5, et cetera, like that. So again, you just have to decide which is the right size for the kind of book that you have. Uh, skipping down a little bit more, what text do you want for the header? And do you want your page number to be in the header or the footer? So what I do is I usually tell my clients, and this is what I do myself, is I take a whole bunch of books <laughs> off of my bookshelf that are similar to mine in um, genre or style or you know, I want my book to look like this. And I look at a whole bunch of them and I see what do the headers look like? Where's the page number? Is there a header and a footer? Usually the only thing that would be in the footer would be the page number. Um, what is the size? Like I look at everything to make a lot of these choices that are on the, the worksheet. So one of the things that you'll have to decide is uh, do you want um, the header to have the book title and your name? Do you want one to be on the left and one to be on the right or vice versa? Uh, do you want it centered? Do you want it, you know, justified to the edges, etc.? cetera? Um, and depending on the kind of nonfiction book that you might write, sometimes it'll be the author and the title as the two things that are in the headers. Sometimes it's the title and the chapter name. So be sure to look carefully if you've got a nonfiction book at similar books on your bookshelf and see what most of the rest of them are doing or the ones that you really like how they look. Okay, other things to consider are front matter and back matter. So for instance, I just have like a whole list of possible things that could be the front matter of your book. So this is after the title page, what else happens um, before chapter one? <laughs> so possibilities include, of course, you, you do need the title page, the copyright page. Some people put this in the back matter uh, of an ebook. For print books, it's I'm going to say probably always. I don't know that I've ever seen a copyright page in the back 
of a print book. I have seen it in the back of an ebook. But anyway, this is why they're all listed so that you can make your decisions. So front matter possibilities generally would include title page, copyright page, acknowledgments, dedication, other books by, maps, table of contents, blurbs, etc. Um, there might be other things that you're like, oh, I really want this or that to be in the front part of my book that comes before chapter one. The table of contents usually is going to come right before uh, chapter one. So I don't really list it because it's kind of already, <laughs> you know, one of the, uh, um, uh, things that you're you're going to expect in the book. And I think that a lot of software that creates your ebook for you automatically creates a table of contents anyway. But again, if you really wanted that to appear in the back instead of the front, there are there are ways that you can change it. I just don't do it, which is why I'm pausing going, okay, how would you do it? Can you just drag and drop this thing, blah, blah, blah. I'm just kind of going over it in my head. I leave mine in the front. It's not that long. It's not like three pages of table of contents or anything. Now, if you ever looked at the table of contents in a Four Dummies book, like, um, you know, Neuroscience for Dummies, I have that book. <laughs> Their table of contents, I think, has like one page that is a uh, very general table of contents, you know, like um, high level, and then like four or five more pages that are really detailed specific things that it, within the chapter that just has this title are, are these, you know, six subsections. So if you were doing nonfiction, you know, you probably are still going to want the table of contents in the front because you do want people to know what they're getting exactly um, when they're looking at a sample. So anyway, just more things to think about. On the copyright page, you need to decide what exactly do you want written on it. So again, I went through a whole bunch of books and I looked at all the different things. You know, there's a there's a whole bunch of versions of the paragraph that basically says this is a work of fiction and, you know, any, any um, similarities to persons living or dead is completely... Um, by accident and all that. I looked at all of those paragraphs that I could find and then I wrote a paragraph that I felt was what I was trying to say, wanted to say, that sort of thing. Um, you'll have the year of the copyright and the legal name of the copyright holder. So it could be your business name if you have a legal business name, could be your legal name. Um, I have heard discussion on whether or not your pen name can be the copyright holder. And that is not an answer that I know very much about, so I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> um, I have seen it both ways. I have seen the, um, the copyright page have a different name on it from the book. And I was like, oh, obviously this is a pen name. The author of the book is using a pen name because there's a totally different name on the copyright page. And other times I have seen uh, particularly in self-publishing, I've seen the author use their pen name as the copyright holder name. So um, some things that you'll have to look into yourself because I do not know the legalities of it. So look at a whole bunch of copy page, copyright pages and look at all the different things that are on them. Um, I won't go over all of it right now, but you want to know um, 
what attributions that you need to make having to do with your cover. So for instance, if you or your cover designer take like two or three different pictures that you've bought the rights to and you create a cover using these elements. So for instance, my book Love at the Fluff and Fold has an element that John uh, created himself um, and then it has two other, yeah, I had to think about it, two other photos plus one other um, bit of graphic design. And I had to find out for each of these pieces what the rules were for me to use them and what kind of um, uh, attribution was required. So there's a lot of stuff that uh, you could get on the uh, stock photo sites that you do have to put the attribution you know, wherever you're using it. Uh, and so I'll have that in my copyright page. And sometimes um, I will have an attribution for the editor. Uh, and of course, if somebody else is doing your cover, you absolutely are going to ask them how they want the attribution for cover design by. Uh, so those are some of the other things that, um, that you're looking at to find out, to figure out what all that copyright page needs to be. Okay, so moving on, again, I'm not going through every single thing on my worksheet, um, so you can download it yourself later and uh, see what sorts of things that um, are going to be most helpful for you. Um, so one of the other things then would be the back matter. And again, everything that you want in the book that you didn't want in the front, you're probably going to put in the back. <laughs> so for instance, acknowledgments is often at the back, sometimes at the front, sometimes the back. Uh, and about the author page, connect with the author, a note from the author. Sometimes these are separate items and an author will have, you know, two out of those three. I don't think I've ever seen three out of the three. Maybe I have, maybe. Anyway, so um, depending on whether or not you're using a program like Vellum, um, Vellum actually has a fill-in-the-blank part that's connect with the author where you fill in your Facebook uh, author page, your Twitter handle, your um, Instagram or whatever if you have it, and then um, you can choose whether or not you want it to say Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or if you just want the little image for each one of them. So that's pretty cool. I think it looks kind of nice in the back of a print book. Um, and yes, back of an ebook too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had to think about it for a minute. So um, you might have a thank you reader or dear reader note from the author. Um, also a sneak peek to a new book. If you don't have a new book that's coming out right away, like I'm pretty sure for Love at the Fluff and Fold, because I published that book the day that I moved um, from New Zealand back to the US. I did not have anything else in the works right then, and I didn't know, you know, what my writing life or writing schedule was going to be. So I'm pretty sure that in the back of Love at the Fluff and Fold is an excerpt to Little Miss Lovesick, because it's... Um, the next closest style of book that matches that one. So Love at the Fluff and Fold is a sweet romance and Little Miss Lovesick is a, a chiclet romantic comedy. Um, otherwise, you know, it would be the, uh, the urban fantasy with some romantic comedy uh, um, superhero books and that seemed like a less likely match. So if you have something to use as a sneak peek, that would be great. It helps people to continue to be interested in all the other things that you either have written or that you are working on. 
You might want to do a note to book clubs, maybe a note that says, um, if you and your book club would like to read my book, uh, I, I'm happy to offer you, you know, and then what are you happy to offer them? Um, maybe it's a uh, live Skype call, or maybe it's some swag like bookmarks, um, a list of questions. So you might want to have a page that is whatever it is that you would be willing to offer to book clubs if they read your book. Uh, again, depending on what kind of a book, you might have a glossary. Um, if you have a uh, nonfiction book, it's possible that you'll have an index and you might have endnotes and or end, end notes. Um, if you have a really, really complicated kind of epic, uh, epic fantasy or something like that, you may have the cast of characters. Um, and sometimes, you know, the glossary, the cast of characters or the, you know, maps might be in the front instead of the back, that sort of thing. So those are the main points. There's a whole lot of other questions to ask yourself. Do you want drop caps at the beginning of your chapter? Uh, what kind of um, symbol or, or um, flourish would you like in between um scenes or sections when you have more than one scene or section in a chapter? Um, how do you want your paragraphs to be? Um, you know, again, looking at other books will help you with a lot of these questions. If you look at books and you're looking at the first line of the first chapter, some of them just have regular um, capitalization. Some of them will have small caps for the entire line. Some of them will have all caps or small caps just for a few words or half the line. Um, again, there's the, you know, is there going to be drop caps or not? Um, so many different little tiny choices that you have for formatting. And if you write them all down, even if you do your own work, the great part is if you write them down on the book specifications worksheet, then you will be able to keep all of your books looking the same. And if you later make a change in book three, then you can kind of you know, note to self at some point I need to take the time to go back and make one and two look, you know, as fabulous as the better looking book three looks, you know, that sort of thing. But um, it's particularly good if you can come up with a style that you're really happy with for book one and then just continue to copy it. Then you don't have to reinvent the wheel, ask yourself all the questions all over again. You can just go back to the book specifications worksheet and go, okay, yeah, that's right. I did small caps for the entire first line of a new chapter. Uh, I did, you know, this kind of a flourish in between scenes when there's more than one scene in a chapter. I did this with headers and footers, et cetera, et cetera. I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, be sure to come to podcast.rightnowworkshop.com, find the episodes tab, go to episode 150 and download the form so that you can use it yourself. So I'll put it up there as a PDF. I don't yet have it as a fill in the blank PDF, but at some point in the future, when I um, have a piece of software that will do that for me, I will create one of those for you that'll make it a lot easier. Um, would make, make it easier for me when I'm working on it. So that's a really good reason for me to hurry up and, and uh, create a fill-in-the-blank PDF of it. And um, yeah, I'll be talking to you more over time about other different tips and tricks, uh, things that I'm doing as I work with clients. And uh, in a few months, I will be, you know, getting more... Uh, oh, I hate to say, like, I'm so excited. I love my job. I love this contract job that I have. Um, 
But I'm also like now that I see that it's ending in a few months, I'm also super duper excited to get back to teaching and coaching and writing. Um, so there will be more stuff coming up in the fall for sure that has to do with um, anything that I think will be helpful for you in your writing business, uh, whether you're self-publishing or traditionally publishing or not even thinking about how you're going to publish yet, just trying to get your book done in the first place. Uh, yeah, lots of more stuff coming up. Uh, and in 2020, I will be back to teaching classes again. So yay, super excited about that. All right. Have a fabulous summer or winter day wherever you're at. I hope that you are either staying cool or staying warm or maybe you're in summertime and you want to be warm so you can be at the beach and drop yourself into the nice cool water after a while. Have some fun with your writing. Try not to get stressed about writing deadlines. Think more about like the joy that you want to feel and that you do feel on the good days of writing and the joy that you want to bring to other people when they're reading your work. And um, yeah, try to keep your focus on the positive. And we will talk to you in two more weeks. Remember, we're on the summer schedule. So for right now, the podcasts are going to be every other Thursday. So we'll see you again in two weeks. Have a great day.